Hi, I'm Julie Jackson. I am the director of Lighten Up, which produces the Lismore Lantern Parade. Thank you for listening to our flood story. The Lantern Workshop is in one of the lowest areas of town, near Trinity. On the Tuesday before the 30th, the big flood, I was aware this was going to be a big one. A bit unbelieving, but I felt it in my waters. So I booked a truck to help move the stuff if it was necessary. On Thursday, we knew it was going to happen and we started moving things. But the truck we had booked got swept away and up into some trees by an early wash of the flood. It came around the cathedral and along Dawson Street. It's one of the iconic photographs of a Hertz truck up a tree on the side of Dawson Street. So we did the best we could with the vehicles that we had to move paperwork and computers out of the workshop and worked till late in the night. I had to send a couple of people home because their places were vulnerable as well. I left there just before midnight. On Friday, we came back again and the water was beginning to creep across the road. And we worked for as long as we could, maybe three hours from six in the morning as soon as it became light. We stored all our lanterns in that building. Some of the little ones were hung in the roof and there was a a small mezzanine which also had some small ones. But all the big ones just had to be allowed to stay there. They had been through a flood before and we felt quite confident that the water rises and then goes down again fairly quickly and we would be able to clean them and fix them up without much trouble for the most part. But all the materials, the furniture, everything, we we put up on tables as best we could. It was quite amazing how fast the water rose. At nine, it was too dangerous to stay, and we left. I turned off the power. So we waded out over our knees and closed the doors and said, good luck. Now I would like you to walk out of the quad and turn right and cross the road, which is Keene Street, towards the bookshop. And then I would like you to continue down the street to the right, to the next corner. When you get to the corner, you will be outside the Golan Hotel. And if you look at the big power pole that's just there, there are a whole lot of flood markers from different floods over the years to give you an idea where the water came. My home was fine. I live on a hill. I could watch everything that was going on. We walked down to see what was happening in town and we couldn't get anywhere near the workshop. It was over the windows. We estimate that it was probably about three and a half metres high through our workshop. There would be nothing that wouldn't have gotten wet. We went around and we helped as many other people that we could who were more in a position to be helped than we were. There were some people who were trying to move things out of their houses as the water was rising total strangers. It was, it was a, an awful but wonderful way of meeting people and communicating and, and seeing people who you, you maybe have seen in the supermarket around the place and then helping them 
take stuff out of their homes. When we returned on Sunday, it really looked as if there had been a tsunami. All our materials, our furniture, some of the lanterns that were in that area, heavy, heavy benches and sofas were tossed around like matchsticks. I've never seen anything like it. Previous floods that had been in that space did not have that effect at all. So I'm, uh, my sense is that with the levee, it made it a much faster and fiercer um, water flow. The other thing that I, find, I think was very much different and impacted on us further down the line is the fact that in previous floodings of that area, the water would come up and the, the lanterns would get wet, but it would recede within a few hours. This time it was maybe 36, 48 hours before the water had flowed away from where our lanterns were, and that had quite a devastating effect. The water had taken some of our heavy workbenches and tossed them around like matchsticks, and they were on top of furniture and lanterns, and everything was just jumbled up. I think the lantern workshop is very attractive to people who are hoarders, because I think I can count at least five. So it was all our hoarded stuff was, was messed up and mixed up. The Lantern Workshop, which is Lighten Up, is the name of our not-for-profit community organisation, is a, a mishmash of interesting people who have been drawn to the, to the light of the lanterns. And some people have worked with Lighten Up for perhaps 18 years, 20 years and I've been there for 25. Lighten Up produces the annual Lismore Lantern Parade, and we travel around mostly the eastern seaboard um, of Australia and do lantern workshops, ceremonies, events within communities, often with uh, communities that are in regional areas, and we help tell their stories with light and shadow and fire. Okay. You've had a look at these markers. Now I'd like you to turn towards the right and cross the street towards Dawson Street, walking down to the roundabout, and then turn right again and walk along Dawson Street until you're opposite Oaks Oval. Having looked in through the wire gates, we walked round to the office door and eventually we pushed it open and scrambled over the mess of all our office furniture that was nearly all shattered. As we walked through the office and into the workshop, everything was covered with this slimy, smelly silt from the water. It was something that went up your nose and hit the back of your throat. And it was a mixture between rotting vegetation and chemicals. And it got worse and worse as the days and hours went past. I have a habit of just sort of observing myself sometimes and I just was aware of just how calm I was and fatalistic and I just knew that this is what had happened and we had to deal with it. There were other people who were friends of the Lantern Parade or who were part of our group who were 
very freaked out and in tears or angry or emotional in some way. I think as the director, it was beholden of me to stay as calm as I could, to show some leadership and at the same time to try and be in touch with my feelings so I could express them so I wasn't cut off. And I did. I really felt that empathy with everybody who was very freaked out. But I was also possibly a bit frightened that if I did let go, I'd fall apart completely. (laughs) It was an interesting process of finding that balance between, you know, being British and carrying on and feeling the, the emotion at the same time. We had to be very careful when we walked around the workshop at that point because this slime was very slippery. There was a sort of a period of time of just standing there and taking it all in and trying to think of how we were going to fix it. And we stayed there for a little while and decided it was probably better to wait until the next day and gather some resources. We planned to all meet again. There was probably about five of us there at that point. We didn't expect there to be many other people because so many people were in the same boat. The Lantern Parade and Lighten Up is inhabited by a lot of people who are probably in the lower socioeconomic groups and lower socioeconomic groups tend to live in the lower areas of the city and many people in our organisation were badly impacted by the flood. We just hoped that maybe some people who hadn't gotten wet would come and give us a hand. So Monday morning came and we opened up all the doors and some of the roller doors hadn't been opened for many years and that was an interesting process of heaving them up and wedging them into a safe spot. We had a collection of Wellington boots and scrubbing brushes and buckets and rubber gloves and someone had found a gurney that would work off a motor because we had turned off the power and it wasn't going to go back on again. And over the next couple of hours, people started to arrive and they were people from the coast for the most part, which was amazingly gratifying and was a a really beautiful thing. People from Mullumbimby and Byron Bay and South Golden Beach and Ocean Shores and Ballina. There was probably a dozen or more people turned up to help. Just for a little piece of me feeling quite good was, well, that just shows how the Lantern Parade has impacted people on the coast who don't really take an awful lot of notice of things that happen in our neck of the woods. Well, that's what we feel anyway. (laughs) Over the next few days, it was just sorting out what was salvageable and what was not salvageable. For us hoarders, it was a very painful process because we said, oh, no, 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 you can't throw this away or hold on to that, you know. We opened the second part of the building, which we called the brick shed, and the water had filled that right up, three and a half metres at the very least. A lot of those lanterns were sitting on old pallets, and 
One of our lanterns is the Queen of Hearts and she's a great big, she's probably a good two metres tall and she was sitting on one of these pallets. It was clear that as the water had entered this part of the building, it had lifted her pallet up and she had risen on the top of the water to the point where the, the water stopped coming in and then as it receded, she very gently floated down. And this lantern was absolutely untouched. She was pristine, she had white gloves on and she was as clean and as haughty as you could imagine. It was the only lantern in there that was like that. It took us a, a while to go through all the lanterns and to work out which ones were going to be able to be saved. There were quite a few lanterns that were under the mezzanine. They rose up with the water, but they couldn't go up any higher and were forced into the floor of the mezzanine and got crushed. One of those lanterns, which was particularly sad for me, was a Michael Looned character who we called Mr. Looney. He was a, a puppet. He was so full of personality and so beautiful, and he was absolutely crushed and ruined. We weren't able to save Mr. Looney, but I couldn't throw him away either. When we moved to a new, our new premises, he came with us and he's stored downstairs somewhere. The cleanup took weeks and weeks and weeks, and the remaking of the lanterns took months. One of the most heartwarming sides of this for me was uh, one of our local public schools, the Lismore Heights Public School. Their principal, Mark Scotton, brought a group of his older primary school children, and they worked so hard to help clean up some of the, the tricky little things. You know, we tried to save as much as we could from our materials because we're not a wealthy organisation, so we wanted to recycle as much as we could. So they were scrubbing skewers and paint jars and just making things clean and safe and hygienic again. It was a really wonderful experience and they came several times and they have been back to the workshop in, in subsequent years to help prepare for the Lantern Parade each year. This is Oaks Oval and we have been doing the finale for the Lantern Parade in here for the past few years. I'll tell you about the finale in 2017 in a minute. But first of all, can you just turn around and walk back into the quad? We never went back to Orion Street. It was unsafe, unhygienic and devastating. Just before the flood, we had purchased a new building for Lighten Up. It was empty, but we couldn't get anything there. It's on the highest point of the town. So we slowly moved all the lanterns up the hill to our new home on Keene Street and started the process of renovating, mending and making our lanterns beautiful once again. The flood was in April, in the beginning of April, and the Lismore Lantern Parade is towards the end of June each year around the winter solstice. We had a few short months in which to get our lanterns ready for our community to have something to celebrate. So as well as 
fixing the lanterns, putting new lights in, new paper, new colour, making them work again. It was important for us to talk to the community and find out what they needed, what they wanted for their lantern parade. Before the flood, we had a plan. We had a show prepared. We had a whole story, a narrative ready. It wasn't relevant anymore. It felt that it was important for us to tell our story of the flood. So we spent many weeks working with the community and talking to them to create their story of the flood and use the lanterns and our fire and our theatre to express that. We worked with a wonderful teacher from Eureka Public School, Michael Coleman, and with other members of the community and our team to create the story of the Lismore Flood that was full of humour, full of compassion, full of poignancy, and made us feel incredibly proud to be such a resilient community. And our final message in the show was resilient hearts. That's what we have. So that's our flood story. Thank you for listening. Would you please now take your raincoats, your Wellington boots and your headset back to the shipping container and I hope you take our stories away with you in your hearts.